Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. This is our 92nd podcast, so only eight to go until 100. Yeah. That's exciting, isn't it? Podcast we really ought to get round to, to sorting that out. We should do. Yeah. So. Are we organising something for it? Ought to. Yeah, of course maybe. we are. Should we get a cake? Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a party. We're getting a bit of a following as well. A lot of people are really interested in Podcast 100. They should be, because yeah. it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Uh, as always, the voice of misery is Stuart Reid. It's nice. But it is there. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> how, am I, how have I been miserable so far? Well, you were like, oh, we should do something. What is it? But we should. We are going to do something. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm Alex, the voice of reason. Keza, what are you the voice of? The Sunshine. Is that right? Yes, or the voice of the North. What does that make Daniel then? I'm further north than Daniel. Yeah, but that's not the north. You know, Scotland isn't signified by the north. That's a wedding present song, I'm further north than you. Is it? Mm. Well, in which case we should play it loudly in the office every day. We should. Because I am further north than all of you. Can we have a north face-off? What would that consist of? What kind of trials could you have in a sort of who's more northern? Who can drink a pint of gravy? Mm. Who can drink a pint of gravy? I could probably drink a pint of gravy. How many chip butties can we consume each? Well, you don't like chip butties. No, I hate them, so I'd lose that. So let's not do that one. Yeah, that'd be rubbish. Deep fried Mars bars. Deep fried Mars bars, I beat you with that. Deep fried pizza. Only had that once and it was not nice. Anyway, anyway, right. Let's pull this podcast back onto topic. So this is the IGN UK podcast. We will be talking about this week's news, looking at the games that are coming up. And of course, your listener feedback. Um, But first, we're going to kick off some Batman stuff. Uh, The first picture of Robin has come out. It looks quite a lot like every other video game character that's been around in the last five years. I actually thought when that picture came out that it was a fan manipulation of Starkiller from... Which is the apprentice Which from is the apprentice Force from Star Unleashed. Wars Force Unleashed. Which some other people have said to me that they thought that as well. Yeah. That it was a fake image that was just a manipulation. Yeah. It's that similar. If you didn't see the extremely funny thing that the Australian dudes did uh, IGN week, Australia. Yep. IGN Australia did on um, the devolution of game character design, they overlaid a lot of modern game characters on top of each other, yep. superimposing them to show exactly how similar they all are. And they, they are all got very the same, similar. All it's got the same hairstyle. Quite like Sam Worthington and Vin yeah. Diesel with the kind of archetypes yeah. that we compared yeah. them to. Which other games characters were included in that? Um, Splinter Cell Conviction era yep. Sam thing. Fisher. Sam Fisher. Sam Fisher. Bulletstorm? Um, Bulletstorm dude. Um, Two humans. Baldur, I think he's called. Yep. Um... And Nico from oh, Grand Theft Auto yeah. 4. Mm. But the, uh, the, the, being, there was, the striking one was Robin and Starkiller. Yeah, that was yeah, amazing. Yeah. But there there were just ridiculous kind of similarities Cole from Infamous. The board. Yes. So, I think Nico looks quite different. He, he's quite... He, he does in the flesh, but in the promotional materials, he's just got the kind of looking down, oh, peak right. of shaved hair, cracking knuckles yeah. look to him like everyone else. I like it when you did that. It was quite good. We should, we should take a photo of you doing that. Yeah. You can look like Robin. It looks a little bit like how Robin was rendered in the Batman Forever movie. Ooh. He's got the shaved head. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's got a shaved head. I know like Chris O'Donnell's not known for being broody. Chris he was who? terrible. Chris O'Donnell. The guy who played Robin. I know. No. Just don't hear about him anymore, do you? Well, no, no exactly. he fell off. He didn't act for four years. Did he fall off his perch? Yeah, I watched um, Sense of a Woman the other day, isn't there? Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! <laughs> That's the archetypal Pacino <laughs> performance. Yeah, it's the one he won the Oscar for as well. Yeah. God. But anyway, what did you think of Robin, apart from the fact that he looks like every other games character in the world ever? He's uh, it's super it's a picture. Yeah, and he's holding kind of like a staff. It's a picture. Yeah. yeah. So but, he's, I think, but I, like, I do like the, um, the uh, reimaginings that Rocksteady have done all the of yeah. Batman characters. I think they've been really good. They have. They've been very cool. And obviously they've only shown black and white. But I... I think it will be very much kind of like a single colour suit rather than like day glow yellow and red. 
can't see that. Imagine if it was. Imagine yeah. that'd be hilarious, <laughs> wouldn't it? Fit in that Vin Diesel. In that I, think, well, I think a lot of the other characters, even though they've been reimagined, still in, are in keeping with the comic book designs in terms of colours. Poison Ivy wasn't toned down that much. No, that's true. Yeah, but this is Robin, and like Robin's outfit is probably one of the most extreme outfits. Like R- Riddler, for example. I don't know what Riddler. They haven't really shown a full-bodied Riddler, have they? Is it one? <laughs> quite, quite sure what that is, but yeah. Have they? I don't think they have shown it. Like it's always Riddler's so. head. So yeah. all the characters look better than they do in this Batman Live production that's coming out, though. Did oh you see that? Did you see yes, the, 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 the photos? From I that? am yeah. so excited about oh, Batman Live. Dear. Are you? I've got a friend who's flying back from Japan to come and see Batman wow, Live. Really? No. Yes. It's going to be brilliant. Do you honestly think it's going to be brilliant or brilliant? I think it's going to be an really experience kind of to define. Yes. To define yeah. my my young adulthood. So I, I, I want it to be, be amazing. Do they have nipple suits? No, they've, they've stayed got away some from really that. crappy looking costumes. The thing is, if yeah. you can't lose because it's either going to be properly amazing or it's going to be so bad that you'll remember it forever as a really fond, uh, fond <laughs> night out. And it looks really is, camp, doesn't it? Oh, it looks so camp. When you've wasted your fifty pounds. For a ticket. Is it fifty pounds? I have no idea. I, don't I hope it's not fifty pounds. Not at least it will be. Oh it's no! Oh, yeah. I said I'd buy him a ticket for his birthday. Shouldn't have said Jesus. that. Well, shouldn't have said. Flying to be Japan. fair, he is flying in from Japan. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's the probably going to cost him more, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's Arkham City news. Daniel, you've got some Connect. Uh, what is? Yeah, it I don't think this is that, that exciting, but it could impact people um, when they're using Connect. Is that Microsoft have announced that they're going to allow developers, advertisers to use Connect. To create interactive advertisements, right? I have very strong feelings about this. Has um, everyone seen the trailer that they put out with the extremely geeky advertising developer being like, "Hey guys, look at this! This is awesome! Watch a Coke advert, then tweet it to your friends." Would you? This yeah. is the thing. Who the would problem, ever tweet a Coke advert to their friends? Adverts, Microsoft. Hi, hi, Microsoft. I'm Keza. Adverts aren't content. No. People don't want to share them, or look at them, or tweet them, or you know, have them on their dashboard. Apart from the old Spice ad. God, God knows that's how many content. people have shared that. That's content. But yes. But somehow In I doubt that that's the kind of thing that's going to no. be shared. And also there's kind of this horrible um, manufactured viral strategy, isn't it? Yeah. Like the way that things go viral is not by forcing people to tweet every yeah, yeah, advert yeah, yeah, that they yeah. see. Could so, so, so it's literally they'll show adverts or... It's dashboard. Will- it's dashboard uh, based. You have to but, hover over to be like, I'll watch this cool new advert. Hover. And what? then and then during the advert, you can say there would be a, a series of instructions. So one of the scenarios they outlined was you could say Xbox more on, on a product. And Xbox, fuck off. Xbox, sell me shit. And they would email your email account mm. with more details. Oh, no. Uh, what, who on earth is going to do that? Xbox, end it now. And see, also, the thing so is, I, think I can, you can, I can say, see I, why this would have been thought of as being a good idea in a meeting at Microsoft. But then but, when they, they present it in a trailer yeah. to people who play games. And, have and in the trailer, so it doesn't look like you can use Kinect very well, because when he hovers over an icon, his hand's all over the place. <laughs> it's not the most glowing. There's also some amazing there. scrawled stuff about keeping the kitchen area clean on the whiteboard behind him as he's explaining those, like, if you're going to leave your crap in the kitchen, like scrawled on the whiteboard behind him. Oh, dear. That you can see if you look closely. Yeah. Spectacular crowd crash. It's 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 actually the best bad Microsoft advertising video I've seen in a very long time, That's possibly since the old Xbox uh, announced trailer with JLR going, we goosed it, we tweaked it. It's all about <laughs> synergy. It's convex energy or whatever he said. I don't even know what that means. 
Yeah, it's fondly remembered that the Xbox 360 announced trailer with JLord. What? Why have you got new ads written next to it? Is that what it's called? Uh, natural user interface advertisement. Oh God, I hate that. That's terrible. Mm. But it does look like nads when you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when, I, I when I've been using Google, I've been getting a lot of nudes. On Twitter, someone someone uh, expressed that I often read it as nads, and someone's like, "Yeah, well, it's bollocks, isn't it?" Hey. 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 I hate advertising in inappropriate places. Do you know a bit of advertising that really bugs me? If you got free sat and you're looking at the the guide, there's advertising on that now. On the guide, even, yeah, yeah. That's irritating. So, just want to look at what's on the television. That's it. I just want to see that. I don't want to see an advert for Norwich Union. Uh, Other insurance companies are available. Uh, on Virgin, you get like you know this is also available on Filmflex, right? But so it's kind of house ads. Yeah, yeah. these are just ads, 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 ads. So there you go. Boo to uh, advertising in Connect or indeed any other kind of gaming stuff. Keza, it's been so quiet in games, hasn't it? So quiet post E three. C three. Scraping the bottle. It's, it's bottom <laughs> of the barrel. So if there's anything worth stories talking about. about about Master Chief's cod piece have literally been on the website. Um, but we had one sort of story, which I thought was quite nice, which was a story from Masahiro Sakurai, who does Smash Brothers. I think you pronounced that incorrectly. I haven't. <laughs> just saying. Although now you've got me really, really paranoid. I've just said the wrong name. Masahiro Masahiro Sakurai. Alex, that's racist. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> he, appears, he appears to have been taken somewhat by surprise by Iwata announcing Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U at Nintendo's E3 press conference, because right. he, he does a column in Famitsu, yeah. which is the Japanese gaming bible. It's actually just adverts, actually, Famitsu, but don't tell anyone. Um, and anyway, he does a column in that, and he basically said, we've not even started on it, we haven't even got a team, we've got nothing, we've got mm. nothing. It's years and years before, this, and I don't think it's a good idea, he said, to announce Ooh. games years oh, okay. and years before. I thought you were going to say he didn't think it was a good idea to do Smash Brothers on Wii U. No, that would have been actually a story. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is just some... I mean, I loved, I loved the concept of this guy being like... Iwata standing there being like, we're losing him. We're losing him, guys. What can we announce? Smash Brothers! Yeah. And Masahiro <laughs> being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I how, enjoyed long, how long has it been since the last Smash Brothers? A long time. I think the and last they've not one been was... doing anything? No, it's no they've been doing project, project, project... What is it? Three years? Two years? Three years? It's five, I think, isn't no, it? No, it's not. Smash what? Brothers Melee on the... That's never five years ago. The Wii one was Melee, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I'll look it up while we continue. It's a while away. Um, but they have been making things. Project Sora is the developer in question. They've, they've made Kid Icarus for the 3DS. And... Basically, uh, Sakurai said that they were going to do a Smash Brothers game second, so that they can, you know, they're used to the hardware and they know what they can do with it. Right. Okay. So that's where the Iwata got the. They're making Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U. Basically, was from internal conversations. But it seems from the tone of the column, it seems like Sakurai might not actually have been aware that Iwata was going to announce it. Oh, and yeah. he's like, now I have to find a team and I have to get design documents ready and everything. <laughs> Poor well, guy. Get a move on. Yeah. Exactly. How difficult can it be? It's not that uncommon to announce a game years and years before it's going to come out, though, is it? No. It's not uncommon at all. But at least the developer normally knows that they're going to announce it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, they've so, usually started. They've got a, t- a trailer or something. Yeah, exactly. So, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Oh, no, hang on. That was the GameCube one. Yeah, I thought it might have been Brawl. Was that the Wii one? Yeah, talk I played that. Honestly, talk yourselves. I played. I played that game for about forty-five hours at least, and I can't remember. This is one of those things that we really just should know. Mm. It's brawl. It's brawl. Can I, at that point, brawl. at this point, state though, it is quite late on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, and normally we're a little bit more with it on a Thursday morning. 
But we're recording the podcast a bit late yeah, in the week. You, you can't it's get almost live on a Thursday morning. No, no, no. We would have known this. Bang! Like ah. news machines, fact generators. We're all slightly yeah. hungover still. Yeah, I'm not. We came second in a pub quiz last night. I was right. It came out in 2008. Did it? Yeah. I think the pub quiz is much more interesting. MCV pub quiz, wasn't it? Yeah. We were that close to all winning Xboxes. Second. We didn't win any prizes though. Nothing. At all. No, Other nothing. people. No one won remembers prizes. who comes in second place. If I was there, it would have been very different. Yeah, we'd probably have been fifth. Yep. Anyway, I was right about Super Smash Brothers. Done me. Woo, well done, Alex. Brilliant. Anyway, so you've got some uh, news about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter. This was quite popular on the website, actually, but it turned out uh, it was a little bit disappointing to most people. Anyway, what it was, there was a big build-up on YouTube. Harry, um, J.K. Rowling was going to announce at midday the next chapter in the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. Because obviously the last film comes out this year and, and they've got to keep the cash cow going somehow yeah and it's called Pottermore oh. which is well, like more more Potter? Potter genius it's a great title basically details are thin on the ground but it's going to be an online reading experience maybe possibly some gaming elements but it's not been substantiated right does it look interesting there's no, nothing to see there's right. just a website where you can sign up for early access it comes out in October okay and basically it's going to be a I think an interactive book that you can read with your friends, maybe. There's going to be more oh. material, expanded material that she's going to include in. Yeah. Um, that's about it. I did read somewhere else that she's definitely said that she's not writing another Potter book. Yeah, well, I think obviously she's... not. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, but surely... She said that since the start. Yeah, but give it a while. Well, the, the little... She's I'll... got other things in her head, probably, than Harry Potter. Like what? Pottermore. Well, she could have all sorts of ideas. That we what, was that other, what was that other book she wrote? Tales of the Beetle Bard. Mm. Yeah. Went well, didn't it? That was a spin-off, was it? I don't think I It's the only Harry Potter-related thing that I've never read several hundred times. So <laughs> that's the well, The Comet Relief Harry Potter cookbooks. Were there something like that? Yeah, what? That. Those they, were good. They, did something, they, were, they were cookbooks, weren't they? If or, I remember rightly. Yeah. Oh I can just imagine that in some kind of fevered dream. Like Probably. Hog, Hogwarts yeah. broth or yeah. something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hogwarts brothel? I can't believe Smash Bros. Yeah. came out in 2008. <laughs> Well, so sure it was earlier. Oh, can we leave it, please? I've left it. <laughs> I just can't let it go. So, so when is when's more Pottermore coming? It's out in October, but if you go to the website www.pottermore.com, yeah. you can sign up for early access. I think it's the first million people to sign up, so that's probably gone by now. What the it is? Gone. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Oh well. Sign up for Family Guy Online instead. That might be fun. Yeah. Seen that. No. Family Guy, no? Yeah, Family Guy Online. New interactive website coming soon. Interesting. Mm. There you go. Last piece of news, uh, and it really has been a barren week. Battlefield 3 has been showing running on consoles. This actually proved more controversial than I thought it would be. Yeah. Because, um, of course, the, the piece of news that comes out of this is that Battlefield 3 runs at 30 frames per second on a console versus it's- 60 on a PC. Yeah. Whereas Modern Warfare 3 runs at 60 frames per second everywhere. Yeah. And the reason for this, um, DICE has said, is that Battlefield has a lot more to do, it's, that it can handle vehicles and many more players at once, and that's why it runs like that. Modern Warfare 3, meanwhile, Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer have been very, very upfront about running at 60 FPS. Now, the question it's is, does this... It's locked at 60 locked FPS. At 60, locked. locked and loaded. Has anyone ever seen that YouTube clip of the guy demonstrating a like a painting platform for ceilings, and he tries to lock it in place, and he goes, It's locked! And he starts to climb on top of it, and he just folds around him, and he falls to the ground. <laughs> and as he's like crying in pain, he goes, 
It wasn't locked. You're <laughs> <laughs> saying that that's what Infinity War That's what they're saying. Doing. It's locked. It's locked. locked. It'll come out. It'll run like shit. And they go, like, it wasn't locked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so well, the question well, is, does it actually matter at all? And the answer is yes, very much to some people. Yeah. Why? Because some people are um, adamant that it makes a huge performance difference to how you play in FPS, the, fr- the frame rate. Um, obviously, anything under 30 is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But the difference between 30 and 60 seems to be a matter of some, some debate. Like some people claim that the human eye can't even see a difference. Others claim that it really does help. Black Ops did below 30, I think, at times. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can't be sure of that, because to be quite honest, I have never cared about frame rates. It's not, not a thing that bothers it's, me. Not, not unless it gets it's like a so flip Not unless it's really way. terrible. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's the one thing I will say about Call of Duty, though, is that when you play it, it does feel incredibly sharp. Smooth. Um, yeah, it's smooth. And, you know, it's... I don't know if that's a frame rate thing or the way you know they've constructed the engine. I As for know. which, will look. I mean, some people appear to think that better frame rate, better frame rate means it will just look better. Whereas the actuality of the thing is that Battlefield Three will most likely look yeah. better because yeah. it's got more graphical stuff to be getting busy with mm. outside yeah. of keeping the frame rate locked. Yeah. See, the, the, I can see why on on the PC version, which I played at E3, like if you span round on the spot really quickly because the mouse sensitivity is incredibly high. It was pretty goddamn smooth, and there was no like you know one frame to the next. That's sixty FPS. Yeah, so exactly. But I, I, it's different on consoles because you can't spin that quickly on a stick anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it really matters. It is crucial, more crucial on the PC with most control, and yeah. it's at sixty on the PC with most control. Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, you can. Does see... it matter though? Do we think it matters? What's our feeling on it? Ultimately, uh, I think. Multiplayer is where it will come in, mm. um, but again, that's all down to your kind of connection anyway. So quite. Um, but you know, I am interested. The thing that I, I know the footage that we saw was only off a YouTube clip from the Jimmy Fallon show. Is that where it was shown? That's right, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, late night. Um, he's having done loads of game stuff on recently. He had mm. um, Reggie yeah. on Demo Wing, Skyward Sword, indeed. Gears of War as well, didn't he? I think Gears of War. I'm sure Cliffy Recent. went on something. I've, I follow Cliffy on Twitter and. Well, it was one of the gazillion tweets that he's uh, sent in the last two weeks. So, but um, yeah, I thought it obviously doesn't look anywhere near as good as the PC version, but it still looks pretty decent. So, more than pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Also, Quake turns fifteen this year, but unlike Sonic, it's not really a franchise that's been milked to death. It's no, know, it's had its iter- iterations, been. which have been pretty good, most of them. What was the last one? Was it Quake Four? Yeah, in 2005, Stu. Mm. But that's... That's quite a while ago, ago, isn't it? So, that's more than a third of its life. It's not been outputting. Yeah. Should we really celebrate its birthday? Is it is it alive or well, is it dead? See, that's the thing. Yeah. We can still celebrate its birthday if it's dead. But um, anyway, this leads on to a piece of reader feedback that we got Some after really last week's discussion. Actually. Yeah, so it's a... It's a really long email by uh, Travis Bowditch, um, and I'm going to cut it down just purely for the, the sake of time, because otherwise it'll take too long. So he says, uh, Duke Nukem, oh, God, not good stuff. Duke Nukem Bashin, don't get me wrong, I certainly couldn't defend the game, it's clearly outdated, the jokes are fairly tasteless, the gameplay mediocre and dull, and the science of production problems are obvious. Um, not a great game, but the venom from re- reviewers has been fairly strong. Um, then you know that could be said for many games that come out and don't have the excuse of 14 years of troubled development Duke Nukem was very much expected but Zelda Zelda love he understands why there's so much Zelda love and why people love Ocarina of Time uh, and it was certainly groundbreaking in 1996 but he didn't like it it uh, was 1998 that it came out alright well, just by the way okay 
he can't say why he doesn't like it. Uh, he just feels like, you know, um, feel about it a bit like the way people feel about Justin Bieber. Completely puzzled at the craze fans. God, I think that's harsh comparing Zelda Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Anyway, and it's not his thing. But so ultimately what he's going on about is, um, so people are raving about Zelda again. Game that's 16 years old, older than It's Duke. not 16 years old, it's Shh, 12 just and a half years old. Just let me finish. Uh, a game that's 16 years old, older than Duke Nukem. The updated graphics are more outdated than Duke Nukem. The gameplay hasn't changed, and in fact, it's the exact same game. Nothing new. Fair enough. So, a few factual errors in there, though, just to clear that up before we get into the actual issue. It's... Anyway, I've got one last piece. Oh, <laughs> no, you're not finished. finished yet. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And then we get to Shadows of the Damned, and Keza raves about it. Oh, he's name-checked you. Uh, the graphics might be better than Duke Nukem. The combat might be better, but my God, talk about tasteless. Uh. I would put it on par or worse than the dumb horror humour of Duke Nukem. And there's the rub. She admits the dialogue could be completely terrible or awesome, but the point is it's interesting. Yet Duke gets none of this leeway. So a bit disappointed. So he's disappointed by our one-sided uh, what a thrashing of Duke. It's almost like he's like- calling us hypocrites. Does anyone like? I mean, there are lots of reasons why this is this is this is a. Does anyone like Duke? Firstly, can we have a Duke defender in the room? Well, from what I've played, even Dan, it's 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 not that good. Even Dan, who is probably the world's biggest Duke fan, Mm. said it's not a particularly great game. I completely get why people don't like Ocarina of Time. I know a few people who don't like it. That's fine. That's just you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's cool. Um, Duke Nukem, on the other hand, it's not like it's a great game that's misunderstood. It's just really badly constructed. The thing about Ocarina yep. of Time is that, however, where, where, whether you like it or not, you look at it and you, you know, it's very well constructed. It's well designed. It's a Nintendo game. They, they know how to design things well. Yeah. Um, whereas Duke Nukem is, I think anyone who's interested in in game development should play Duke Nukem Forever because you can see all the kind of things that were supposed to happen and all the things that were half done and all the things that you can see the whole history of the FPS genre in that game. Yeah. If you play through, because you can see, and, and at different points, you can see where they had an idea that probably would have been a great idea. Um, but also, um, just aside from the fact that Duke Nukem Forever is technically older than <laughs> Ocarina of Time, um, given that Ocarina of Time came out in 98 and Duke Nukem was announced in 97 or 6. Uh, well, was it was 15 years, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, of course, you know, Ocarina of Time would have been in development for a while. But uh, the difference here isn't that they're two old games, one of which is liked and one isn't. The difference is that they're a bad game and a good game. I'm not sure that I think yeah. I'm not sure that age really comes into Regardless it. Regardless of of uh, and, yeah, um, how old they are, or whatever. Yeah, as to Shadows of the Damned and Duke Nukem both both being quite tasteless, I think the difference is that Shadows of the Damned is kind of it gives the impression that it knows it's being tasteless and it is funny, whereas yeah. Duke Nukem manages is not funny and also I think it thinks it's being clever. Like it, there are points where it's doing it, and it just does it without irony at all, yeah. like with absolutely no sense of self-awareness. That's what, and also I think Duke Nukem's extremely sexist, yeah. and I think that Shadows of the Damned wasn't sexist. So yeah. honestly, the thing that annoys me most about Duke Nukem is that it's enormously sexist, and yeah. that doesn't upset me. I don't think it should be banned or anything, but I just personally find it quite yeah. boring. I haven't played Duke Nukem yet. Um, you say it's sexist at any point. Is it misogynistic? Um, I wouldn't say it's misogynistic because I don't think it's 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 genuinely hateful. Um, Capture the Babes, what upsets me about Duke Nukem, um, which for anyone who doesn't know is is the mode, the multiplayer mode it's where capture you the flag. is capture the flag. Apart from you have a wriggling woman over your shoulder and you have to give her a smack on the arse to calm her down. And although I think that if you're going to make a joke that's on the edge like that, then it has to be a really funny joke. And I just don't find it funny. I don't think many people find it funny. And I think the the sad thing about it is that most of the people who play Duke Nukem Forever will understand that it's not, you know, 
it's it's a joke and everything. But I think there are people who will be like, <laughs> and I'm just I just don't agree with anything that gives those people a voice, to be honest, and an outlet. Not really a voice, is it? It's more just a strange guttural noise. Yeah, mm. <laughs> not capable of forming words. A lot of them. <laughs> the thing is, I do I do respect, and I've had I've had a lot of arguments about Duke Nukem, and I do completely respect anyone's right to, um, you know enjoy Duke Nukem's humour. I don't think it makes you a terrible person or a yeah. sexist or a misogynist. I just don't like it myself, really. That's okay. really well, the only thing I can And I think ultimately that that's my kind of point for all this is these are our personal opinions. We're not forcing them on anyone. Personally, the thing I loved about Zelda is that I haven't played it for 13 years or whatever, so it's really nice to go back and see how it just hasn't aged, I don't think. It's still mm. as brilliant today as it was all those years ago. So There are some things like the the targeting system which some people have had problems with. Mm. But, I mean, I can't tell. Sometimes with Zelda, I, I feel like I maybe I learned how to get around all its quirks. Yeah. And therefore it feels natural to me when it maybe wouldn't feel natural to somebody who's never played it before. Yeah, I, I know it, I know the franchise so well that mm. I know that's how the language. game thinks. Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't... I don't... I know you do, but I really don't like using the motion controls for aiming. Do you use them? No, I don't. I love using that. It's really fun sitting on the chair. But obviously, and also, it's a really bad design error, do you not think, to have that control with 3D? Because as soon as you start moving about, I lose the 3D entirely. Mm, you turn the 3D off for it. There's a reason the slide Yeah, I know, but there. it just seems strange that that's a core feature and 3D is a core feature, but they're incompatible. Mm. But I haven't yeah. played any of the game in 3D. That's the ironic point. I don't give two hoots about 3D. That's kind of why the slider's there, though. Mimoto yeah. said, you know, he plays about half of the games in 3D. I think it's the best thing on the 3DS is the option to turn it off. Mm. It's there if you want it, basically. Which yeah, is nice. I, I find myself sliding it up and down all the time. Mm. Hey. <laughs> oh! Anyway, so that's the feedback from Travis uh, about well, what he thought of our opinion on remakes. But I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, you can email feedback at IGN.com or you can reach us on Twitter, twitter.com slash IGNUK or Facebook slash Team IGNUK. Uh, moving on, let's look at the games coming out this week. Um, well, there aren't really uh, many, are There's there? There's a dearth. There's nothing. It's barren. There is nothing. Nothing at Fallow. all. Absolutely no. Well, you can buy Catherine on import if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You're looking forward to this game, aren't you, Kezza? Hugely. What yeah. is it? Why is that? It's interesting. <laughs> I like interesting games. Now, Catherine's about... Um, it's about... Essentially, the, the whole game is about you as a guy, and you've got your girlfriend, and you've cheated on your girlfriend with someone else. And the game's about whether you whether you choose to stay with your girlfriend or whether you go off with someone else. That's what I understand of it anyway. It's stressful. It's, it, well, yeah. It's, a, and it's, it's a stressful way to spend your evening. It's a very psychological kind of thing. And the the hype and the way that they've advertised it and the way that they've made people aware of it is great. Like They put they made people do 30-second clips on how they feel about marriage right. and then put them together into this like big, long video on YouTube to embarrass them in front of their girlfriends or boyfriends, I guess. <laughs> and, and how... How does the game actually play? I have no idea. I've been keeping purposefully okay. purposefully in the dark about it because I find often when I'm really excited about a game, I read so much about it yeah. that I ruin it for myself. Right. And I got Catherine, I was in Japan a couple of months ago and I looked at it and I sat there going, oh, I really want to buy it. But then I didn't because I thought that, you know, my Japanese probably isn't good enough to really get yeah. the most out of it. So I'm I'm looking forward to having a weekend with, with Catherine and seeing whether it is indeed as interesting as it sounds. Yeah. Be good. There you go. So I'll be importing that. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, and then El Shaddai, which <laughs> is one of my favourite games of this year so far. Really? It's, yeah, it is. It's it's brilliant. I love El Shaddai. It's a um, by so, the same chap who did um, the art design for Okami, right? At Clover Studios. Does it have a similar art style? Not similar at all. It's kind of I would say it's it's 
science fiction future religious imagery crossed with anime and it's 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 indescribable i would say go go and look at a video of it right definitely or go download the xbox live demo but the cool thing about el shaddai is that for the first three levels or so you think okay well this is pretty and it's a it's a it's basically it's a it's a fighter you have a one button fighting system and it's all about um timing and you've got three different weapons and it's all about kind of you know balletic combat it's a little bit bayonetta-esque and it's about the visual of the thing and after three levels, you're wandering around in these incredible ethereal worlds, and then you've got great um, side-on platforming bits across kind of beautiful stained glass, and it's really stunning. And you're like, I understand you, El Shaddai. You're a bit self, self-involved, though, aren't you, El Shaddai? You're a little bit conceited. Do you talk and then to it, your games when you play That's them? what I think. I'm a reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets to about the fourth level, and it just goes completely bonkers, completely mad. It reinvents itself with every new level. There's like a Tron motorcycle bit, yeah. and then it goes through... Um, like some crazy underwater level where you end up facing off against a dance master who explodes from the sea in a Lady Gaga-esque sequined outfit and who's like throwing shapes in front of the screen while you're trying to fight his minions off. It's just fantastic. And then every level something new happens. It's great. It's a surprise. That's my favourite thing about it. It also has a fascinating development history in that basically the guy who was in charge of this small publisher called UTV Ignition, the former CEO... Um, it went to Japan to find this guy yeah. who did Okami's art style when Clover Studios closed and he found him and basically went please can I give you loads and loads of money for you to make a, an, action, an action game and we'll publish it as simple as that yeah wow. and he went out and he handpicked all of the team and they just made whatever they wanted and that's the reason El Shaddai is unlike anything else because this publisher was just like literally make anything you want anything wow. and so this team has just come up with uh, this Completely bizarre roller coaster, different ideas and yeah. visual. It changes visually every level as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of El Shaddai. It's coming out in the UK in September. I think it's September 9th. Right. So you could wait Who's until then. That? UTV Ignition, UTV, right. who are actually based in London. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. It's a real curiosity. It's if, basically if you've ever looked through import ROMs or an import shop, you know, looking through all the stuff. This yeah. is what you always hoped you would find. Something really mental, really Japanese, and really good. Recommendation. What about movies? Is this a recommendation? I don't know if it's a recommendation because I've not seen it. I've seen 10 minute sizzle reel in 3D, but it's Transformers Dark of the Moon. Transformers Dark of the Moon. That's a terrible subtitle. It's pretty bad. Dark of the Moon. It doesn't even make sense. Does it mean Dark Side of the Moon? Presumably, but... Copyright probably on that. What, Pink Floyd? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They own the. Uh, anyway, I saw ten minutes of it, and it's exactly what you think. I saw all the action sequences, and they just spliced them together. Yeah. And watching ten minutes of Michael Bay action sequences was like being being beaten in the face by a big hammer. Yeah. I think it's more like having a guy kind of just wave his penis in your face while shouting for an hour. An exploding like. penis. Yeah. Did that happen? As the camera circled round slowly. <laughs> A big exploding Does cock in my face. Does anybody really care about mm, that's how I feel about Michael That's a strange <laughs> phrase. Um, but yeah, it just looked monotonous. The same old, and they had this really weird CGI JFK. What? Oh, really? Because what they're trying to do is splice, well, basically insert the Transformers myth into oh, real-life events. Lord. Kind of what they did with X-Men First yeah. Class. Yeah. So one of the reasons why we went to the moon was because a Transformer crash-landed in the early 60s. And that's what ignited the space race. Wow. And I saw this early footage where JFK was CGI, and he looked like a he looked like a had the texture of a lemon. <laughs> uh, he was really he shiny was and like dimpled. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> after the murder. Yeah, just yeah. half a lemon. Anyone uh, run their hands over JFK's face? Did he have the texture of a lemon? 
I don't he, know. he smelled zesty. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a well-known fact about JFK. He was, yeah, he was lemony fresh. He was, yes. he was the most lemony fresh of all the US presidents. Yeah, the most, yes, exactly. Yeah, um, Lyndon Johnson just smelled of wee. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how on Wednesday they're opening it a few days early so they can get more of your money. Yeah, but interestingly, no screenings yet. No screenings, going to go see it on Monday. Yeah, so it doesn't bode um, particularly well, does it? Yeah, but I think it'll do well. It's critic, it's it critic well. proof. It's like Call of Duty, it's critic proof. Yeah. You think so? Transformers? I, I didn't go and see Transformers 2 because of all the negative feedback. Mm. And I, that's, you know, I would have totally gone and seen I that. I think it's still it's relatively pretty. See what, it would be interesting to see what it does on 3D because obviously Pirates had a bit of a slump. A slump. 3D in general is having a bit of a slump, isn't it? People are just a bit fed up with having to pay extra every time they go and see a 3D film. I saw Green Lantern on Friday night in 3D and after seeing that, I'm never going to go pay for a 3D film ever again. Really? Wow. And not just the quality of the film, but because the film takes place a lot in outer space, and obviously it's dark in space. Yeah. With the 3D glasses on as well, it's so dark, you couldn't see what was happening at some point in the oh, film. No. Oh, really? That's my major problem with 3D, is the, the, the dark... 30% colour reduction. The dark glasses, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, what... I always feel that I want to see the movie beneath the cheap gimmick. Yes, exactly, and I feel, like exactly, yeah. I feel like there's something in between me and the movie. I had the same with Toy Story 3 when I went to see that in It was 3D. such a vibrant, it was colourful just so film. colourful. I just kept seeing it yeah. like it was watching it through sunglasses. It was the same with that, uh, Up, I thought, as well. Yeah, I was yeah. upset. I was, I was just, yeah. you know, I wanted to see the, the vibrancy of the thing, mm. which is why I like the 3DS 3D a bit more, because it preserves the colour, Yeah, even if it's not quite as... Um, and it has a lot more depth, I find. I always think 3D feels, to me, kind of like a pop-up book. Yeah. So there's lots of things, but each of those planes or um, objects feel very flat, mm. like paper. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the theatre or something. That's Whereas especially the, true, I think, of the films that are shot in 2D and then converted to 3D. They're yeah. the worst of all. Whereas the 3D has been playing Ocarina recently. It does feel like that. You feel like you're looking at a proper diorama or it, something. It does feel like yeah. you're looking into the screen, which is really yeah. impressive. It's, it's the colour, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's our major, our yeah. major gripe, gripe with 3D. Yeah. yeah. Collective gripe. Collective gripe. So, should you go and see Transformers, your recommendation based on 10 minutes worth of thing footage. The thing is, yeah, if you like stuff blowing up. Yeah. Well, you know exactly it's what it's going to be. isn't it? Yeah. I know it's a terrible movie. Part of me wants to see it because I grew up in the early 90s. Transformers was a big part of my childhood. I get a slight nostalgic tingle when I hear Optimus Prime speak. Yeah. So, I'll probably go see Well, I'm going to go see it for free, but I don't yeah. know if I'd pay for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's out next week. Uh, moving on to listener feedback. Who's got the first bit? So we've had some feedback from David, um, who wants to give us his two cents on pre-order DLC. Um, he says, yes, it can be irritating to have different pieces of content being available from different retailers, but you've got to look at the larger picture from the perspective of game retailers. Um, he's worked in the retail side of the industry for many years, he says. And his point is that pre-order exclusive DLC is one of the only ways left now for game retailers to get customers to buy from them as opposed to buying it cheaper from Tesco yeah. or Sainsbury's. Or Amazon or wherever. Or Amazon. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's an incentive for people to buy from, from, a, from a, you know, an indie or a game yeah. retailer. Although, Sometimes Amazon order offer um, incentives. Uh, do you know what? It's all deals done by individual publishers. So I, can, I remember if you bought Marvel Ultimate Alliance from Amazon, I think you right. got Juggernaut as a yeah. special character. Quite. So yeah. it's a way for it's well, I mean Amazon doesn't really need to compete with supermarkets right. in the same way as GameStation does, for instance, but it's it's basically a way for people to ask you to buy their game from them. Mm. And um I suppose David's point is that that's important if we're gonna have game specific retail. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's an angle we I certainly hadn't thought of. 
It's a form of like protectionism, I guess. Mm. Um, we also have um, Tom, who says that it's a great idea to have incentives for pre-ordering because it allows mega fans to show their appreciation and it's a good way to persuade people to buy rather than rent as long as the developers understand how it affects the game and ensure that it doesn't make it unfair no that's and a good that, point that's, that's the point we were making last week though mm. wasn't it is that if you go Red Dead had like four different pre-order options and as long as you can get access to those at some point down the line and if you don't want them at all it doesn't break the game then why not? Right. Um, here we go. Next bit of reader feedback. This is from an, an anonymous emailer um, called Wabbitfoot. Um, <laughs> so having seen Bioshock Infinite trailer, I was thinking that it didn't really seem Bioshocky. Um, there's no recurring place, theme, or character, so it seems kind of stupid to brand it as Bioshock. Don't get me wrong, it looked awesome, but to me it just seemed like an attempt to cash in on an old successful IP. What does everyone think? Because you guys so Bioshock. At- yeah. And it won our game of E3, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's there's definite well, theme. plasmids and Ken, themes. Are Ken Levine, Ken Levine, or Ken Levin, as I like to call him, um, yeah. has addressed this quite often, actually, in interviews and in his in little videos that he's been doing. He's he's addressed what makes Bioshock Infinite Bioshock, and his point is that what makes it Bioshock is the development ethos, basically, yeah. right? Like the the approach to what a game should be and what a game should say and what it should have to say, and also the themes of the game. I think are going to be relatively similar. It's kind of Randian um, spin yeah. that Irrational puts on on their story. They're, they're, yeah, there's... and plasmids are still present. They're a part of the game. They're tonics they? now. They're different tonics, yeah. okay. but it really feels like a Bioshock game. That's ultimately like when you're watching it, it could quite easily be. Have they commented on continuity? Whether it takes place in the same world as Rapture, just in a different part of that world? I think they have, and I think it. They yeah, said I think it's... they did last year at Gamescom. They yeah. mentioned that, didn't they? Yeah. I what, think it is this. I think I think it's the same world that Rapture was in, but it's nothing to do mm, with Rapture. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, novelists do this. They write novels of a series, but they might not be the same characters or the same setting. But yeah. they're a kind of loose series mm. of novels. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like a Bioshock game. I think that doesn't have to have Rapture in it just for it to be a Bioshock game. I know that, that reveal trailer that he did was great. Did you see, you know, the remember the Bioshock Infinite reveal trailer where it started off as a, a yes. globe yeah. inside yes. Rapture and then yeah. it zooms yes. right out yeah. to the, that is a, well, yeah, was a wonderful the, trick. The point here is that it's a cash-in. Well, Bioshock 2 was more of a cash-in if you're going to level that mm. a game because that return to Rapture, at least they're going away from Rapture. I guess his point is why not call it not Bioshock? And that's fair. I guess he's right, brand recognition. And I mean, they had, I suppose they, they have a right to capitalise on their brand recognition, but they could have called it something else, couldn't they? Yeah. Do you reckon people still buy it as much? Shut I think up. you... And the first thing everyone would say is that it looks quite a lot like Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Gorth's written to us. Uh, I've just watched the first season of Doctor Who with Matt Smith, having not seen it before. thought it was brilliant. It is brilliant. Says. Yeah. However, whilst listening to Podcast 90, the E3 roundup, it got to the listener feedback section. I was listening to this at work, sitting on a chair with wheels next to a filing cabinet. Now, all of a sudden, on the podcast, somebody shouted, Spoiler alert! I pulled my headphones out of my ears so fast and flinched so violently at the same time that I turned my chair, banged my head on the filing cabinet and fell on the floor. I kid you not. (laughs) Of course, this was witnessed by everyone in the office and we all had a good laugh. I like the next bit he's written. 15 minutes or so later, one of my colleagues was looking at me with a puzzled expression on her face and asked me what was in my ear. 
I reached up to find that in my haste, I'd managed to pull the wire clean out of the headphone and I've left <laughs> the headphone in my ear. My God. <laughs> so he wants a couple more seconds notice on any spo- spoilers we might be divulging. He says, I'm still laughing about it now, but I'm 20 quid worse off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, that's Spoiler. Gorfarino. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. from Gorfarino. Oh, he also says, P.S. I don't think Brendan used Brenda Big Tits as his gamer tag. Do we, ever, do we ever chase that up? No, Brendan, Brendan, if you are listening, let us know what you what gamer tag you did go with in the end. If you did change it to Brenda Big Tits, we'll add you. Yeah, yeah I promise, sure. all of us. Uh, I've got an email from Valentino Sparks who says, just wondering if... That's his real name. That's <laughs> no, brilliant. It's not. His real name is Mark. No. <laughs> so, uh, wondering like if any of you guys know if FIFA 12 will have any form of punishment for those mappets who quit out of an online match because they're losing. Uh, could EA sort out some sort of cable which you attach, attach to your testes to play? And if your opponent quits, you press a button and it sends 1.21 gigawatts of electricity into their nether regions. Send their nuts back in time. <laughs> Not sure how this would work on females. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm out of suggestions like, as to how that would work yeah. on females to be honest they could bring out a peripheral I guess like the vitality sensor just clip, clip it on <laughs> vitality sensor that's what they're doing with it and that's why it's come back to the drawing board exactly yeah they sold the technology to EA yeah Brilliant. anyway I don't th- I, there, there's a lot of talk about that but I, it's, it's really hard to please it's very hard to enforce um, what so, if you genuinely lose your connection yeah exactly yeah. You, don't want your, you don't want your balls sent back to 1950 do you <laughs> but on a serious note, uh, I don't think anything is going to be included in that. But Daniel, you are—they were a lot harder FIFA. and leathery in the 1950s, weren't they? Your balls, testicles, <laughs> <laughs> footballs. My balls hadn't been invented. Um, Who FIFA. did invent your balls and when? My mama and my daddy invented them. They yeah. invented them, yeah. Actually, that's what happened. Your, they, they were <laughs> in your grandmom. That's true. Yeah, did <laughs> you see that program? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like here's the weak point. Exactly. Yes. Sorry, I, my balls Sorry two conversation points. Oh, oh. Um, so let's kick them. Yeah. So anyway, Daniel, FIFA. you are going to see FIFA. I know, I'm going in a week and a bit. So yeah. maybe you could ask Mr. FIFA man. Ask David Rutter. Yeah. About testicles. What are you going to do? Yeah. We'll go. We've got this suggestion from um, Valentino. You should do. Valentino Sparks <laughs> yes. says. I've brought a peripheral. car battery and a couple of crocodile clips. <laughs> I'd like to demonstrate. Do you yeah. think you selected that name intentionally, Valentino Sparks? Um, oh, maybe yeah, maybe. Uh, he know. just always has an apposite email address um, right podcast 100 guys Mm-mm. bit of reader feedback a lot of people getting on board with podcast 100 this is from Joe Newson who has given us a suggestion about um, what we should do on podcast 100 yep we should get Sad Dan in and he should attempt to be chipper for an entire podcast and if he isn't what we do is we electrocute him is it this the electrocuting of the balls again? No, yeah. this is separate. Why are we all so obsessed separate. with the electrocution of the balls? This is John Newson, who also fancies electrocuting Dan. Anyone like that idea? I think that's should a terrific go? idea. I think we should run with that. Yeah. Well, Cattle prod. Is it just going to be his testicles? Gains, what if he gains superpowers? Well, eternally happy. Never going to happen. No. Mm. Like a really high-pitched voice. He's just like this ray of sunshine that comes out of his mouth when he opens it. Mm. Or a rainbow. Maybe. Oh. Like, when, like when unicorns burp. Bumhole. Dan's vomiting mm. rainbow. I like it. Yeah. So that's pod- right. so podcast 100. Then, then. Electrocuting yeah. Dan. That's his that, idea. That was his suggestion. And if we can't get sad Dan, then maybe it's you, Daniel. I'm happy. I don't have yeah, balls for yeah. anyone to electrocute. Yeah, well, I don't mind being electrocuted for podcast 100. Really? No, yeah. <laughs> 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 Too, eager, Too eager. Yeah. Um, then we've got another suggestion from Mike Stubbsy. 
who says that we should basically record Podcast 100 in a giant room full of helium. That's actually not a bad idea. It doesn't really matter if you die because of it, right? No, it's true. And he loves the podcast. We've never died before. We'd all be talking like that, wouldn't we? We'd all be up there. Hello, this is Podcast 100. I'm not sure, Why? I'm not sure oh, how practical that would be in the long term. When we'd finished at Kapow, we had this massive IGM balloon as you walked in, and it's obviously full of helium. And uh, as we had to collapse it, and Dan was collapsing it, and the only way we could do it was by falling on it and leaning on it, using your body to sort of fill it out. But Dan had the funnel going right in his face. <laughs> he was literally talking like the most retarded man I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Not because he, he wanted to get the helium, but it's just because he was blowing full on Brilliant. his face. So... Maybe we should do that. Let's take the IGM balloon, fill it with hoolium. Hoolium? Hoolium. Stick our heads in it. So. Brilliant. Awesome. I think some great ideas there for Podcast yeah, well 100, but yeah. Any other feedback? None at all. That's it? That's it. Okay, well, keep your ideas for Podcast 100 coming in. I promise we will come up with some very concrete uh, suggestions for what we're going to do very soon. We're currently looking at venues. Um, it's actually pretty goddamn hard to find it anywhere good, and uh, we want it to be a, an occasion to remember as well. So Yeah, I'll get on it this weekend. Get on it. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Damn we do have it. an exciting musical guest, which we I will do. not reveal yet. No, but that's, that we'll is very that exciting. in the coming weeks, yes. And, uh, bon yeah. Jovi. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Bon Jovi. <laughs> With a Bruce Springsteen. Is it Rod Stewart? No. He's going to kick a football at you, Stuart. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to get my mum to come, if that's the primary objective, is get Rod Stewart. Really? All our mums are coming for a special mum podcast. I don't think podcast. that's probably yeah. what we're trying to achieve with Podcast 100, but hey. I still think Podcast 101, we should just get our mums in to do it. Yeah. All of our mums. Yeah. right let's finish this podcast while we're on a high Uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, we will be back same time next week Bye. Bye, bye bye bye